Hello and happy September, everyone. My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And we are Chasing Childhood, a weekly podcast where we revisit our favorite childhood movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. If you're new here on this podcast, September is the beginning of spooky season. So welcome. Welcome. Yes. (laughs) And this week we're starting off strong with Practical Magic. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) A movie not from our childhood. (laughs) Like, Yeah, I definitely watched it later, but yeah, (laughs) here we go. It's the 90s. Yeah, it's perfect. So before we begin, we do want to give a quick trigger warning for topics of domestic violence and substance abuse. So if you are sensitive to either of those topics, this might not be the episode for you. Yes, definitely not. Um, So let's get into it. So Practical Magic is a 1998 American fantasy romantic drama film based on the 1995 novel of the same name by Alice Hoffman. The film was directed by Griffin Dunn, who also did White Collar and The League, and written by Robin Swickard, Akiva Goldsman, and Adam Brooks. Wow. So... From the book in 1995 to the movie in 1998, like that's a quick turnaround. Yeah, like that must have been a really popular book. It reminds me of how the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo has gotten so popular in the last like couple of years, and it's now yeah. going to be like a Netflix series or movie or whatever. So mm. kind of the same thing, where like something just blows up in popularity almost overnight. Yeah, or Twilight. This yeah, is Twilight Killer Bella. Yeah, <laughs> gets me every time. Every time. So Practical Magic stars Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Stockard Channing, Diane Wiest, Aidan Quinn, and Goran Visniak. Composer Michael Nyman originally wrote the music for the film, but was abruptly replaced with music by Alan Silvestri for the theatrical release, after the initial soundtrack did poorly during test screenings. This last-minute change resulted in the release of two soundtracks. But most importantly, iconic singer Stevie Nicks, my queen, icon, the lovely and incredible, incomparable, headlined the soundtrack and two songs titled If You Ever Did Believe and my personal favorite, Crystal, were featured on the album. Both songs featured Cheryl Crow on backup vocals as well. Yeah, the soundtrack for this movie is so 90s. Like, it's so nostalgic. Every single person on it is just like, oh, okay, this is my childhood. (laughs) Yes. I literally heard Faith Hill in this kiss, and I was like, oh, so good. I remember watching that music video when I was like a young, young wee lass. Love it. So the film was released on October 16th, 1998 and earned $68.3 million on a budget of $75 million. Although it lost money upon its release, Stockard Channing won a Blockbuster Entertainment Award for her role as Aunt Frances. In 2004, Warner Brothers and CBS produced Sudbury, a television pilot inspired by characters in the location of the novel and film. But unfortunately, it was not picked up. But in 2010, there were also rumors that Warner Brothers and ABC Family were developing a prequel television series. Ooh. Haven't heard anything since. But you know what? It seems like an idea that keeps coming up and making rounds. And now that it's almost considered like a cult classic, I feel like they might try to do something I pretty soon. I don't want them to. Like, yeah. 
sort of excited about a prequel, but then also like I'm kind of tired of prequels and sequels yeah. and building on franchises that already exist. Like the reason Practical Magic is so good is because nothing else like it exists. So yeah. let's exactly co- let's continue making new and original ideas, maybe. Yeah. It's literally like Halloween town for adults and it's yeah. iconic. <laughs> what else can we say? Yeah. What else is there to say? <laughs> what else is there to say? If you haven't seen this cult classic since the late 90s, or if you have never seen this, here's a plot summary written by Warner Brothers on IMDb. Ooh. Sally and Jillian Owens have always known they were different. Raised by their Aunt Frances and Aunt Jet after their parents' death, the sisters grew up in a household that was anything but typical. Now adult women with very different personalities, the quiet Sally and fiery Jillian must use all of their powers to fight the family curse and a swarm of supernatural forces that threatens the lives of all of the Owens women. And unlike Twilight, not nearly enough glitter used in the film. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's disappointing. Well, Twilight Um, was vampires. (laughs) So... (laughs) Why can't we have glittery witches too? Come on, man. I'm (laughs) saying. Why we gotta... Like, but we don't discriminate. Everyone gets glitter over here. Um, so yeah, let's get into our fun facts. All right. So our first fun fact is that in the scene where they lay Jimmy's dead body on the table to resurrect him, you can hear Nicole Kidman's Australian accent sort of like slip through. And she mm-hmm. says, Sally watches balls. In this yeah. moment, you can also see Jimmy's actor break character and smirk. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I love it. Um, It's funny because I did hear that accent a little bit creep through in a few parts. And then there was one scene, too, where like Stocker Channing's character is the one narrating, I believe, in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, at one point, she has like a southern accent and then she's back to normal. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what what is happening? Like, is this just her being the drama queen that she is and being extra at very extra like impractical magic over here? Yeah, I loved it. But. Our next fun fact is that an unexpected issue that director Griffin Dunn encountered was the number of takes the lead actresses needed to complete each scene. Sandra Bullock would generally finish in like two to three takes. However, Nicole Kidman had just spent the previous 18 months working with Stanley Kubrick on Eyes Wide Shut and was now used to doing 70 or 80 takes for a single scene. Holy crap. He's like David Fincher. It's like it needs to be perfect. Yeah, that's although crazy. like don't be like him if yeah, you're a director. I, <laughs> it's literally I would torture. Lose my mind. Like yeah, two to three takes is like pretty good. That's like pretty good. If you can get a, a, a something done in one to two takes, phenomenal work. You're probably Leonardo DiCaprio. Like you're incredible. Yeah, two to three, pretty average, pretty normal. It's still really good. Three to five is like usually the amount that it, I think most people yeah. take. So three to five versus 70 to yeah. 80. Like that's crazy. Imagine trying to do the same thing 70 times in a row the same yeah. way or even different ways. I was literally explaining to Jackie yesterday because um, she brought up The Shining and I was like, you don't understand like Stanley. Uh, I don't know if it's Kubrick or Kubrick um, literally took hundreds of takes of Shelley Duvall crying in some of the scenes and I was like he literally caused her so much stress that she started losing her hair yeah and I'm like you could easily have gotten that shot in like five 
to 10 takes. Like, it did not need to be that deep. Yeah, it's absurd. Like, like I would When go, it starts becoming detrimental to their ooh, health, like, come on. I would lose my mind. I would be yeah. so upset. And that's for every scene. That's why it took him 18 months to film. Like, Seriously. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, moving on. Next fact. <laughs> According to Sandra Bullock in the movie Commentary, in the scene where Jillian and Sally get drunk with their aunts and they're slinging insults at each other, the actresses actually all got drunk together and they were (laughs) drinking some really garbage tequila that Nicole Kidman had brought to set. So I love that because every time I watch that scene, I think about how that's one of the most realistic portrayals of getting drunk with your friends. Yeah. And like the way that they're all like falling out of the chairs and laughing so hard, they're like leaning over and like, yes, it's one of the most realistic portrayals and because it was real. So yeah, literally that scene, I was was like, first of all, Midnight Margaritas, iconic. Second of all, (laughs) I love that like the more they drank, the more the witch cackles came out. Yes. I was like, that's such a fun take, especially because Sally was trying to like push her witch deep, deep, deep down. Yeah. She like did not want to do magic. Um, But then I was also like those poor kids upstairs trying to sleep. (laughs) Like those poor kids. I would have been on the stairs like, what are y'all laughing at? (laughs) Yeah. I would have been like, what's the joke, guys? Um, But yeah, so our last fun fact is that the cast said that they actually felt supernatural elements of the house starting to affect them. Both the cast and crew claimed they heard supernatural noises while filming the coven scene at the end of the film. I don't know if this was built on anything that's like important or like Mm. I also firmly believe that with some movies that you do. Like you can bring an energy into the space that can kind of take a a life of its own. Like, yeah, this is why, like, I will listen to like creepy podcasts and then go a while without Mm -hmm. listening to them because I'm like, I feel like it's also listening to it too much or doing it too much invites like such a creepy atmosphere into the house. Right. Like there was this one set I was on for a horror movie and Mm -hmm. creepy stuff started happening to us. And like it was really spooky and there was nothing abnormal about like the house that we were filming in like it was mm-hmm. just a regular suburban neighborhood house but like we heard creepy noises and things yeah. broke or fell and it was very weird and we were like it's just the energy that you bring with movies like this a hundred percent and I also was reading that um they consulted with someone who's into witchcraft like someone who actually practices witchcraft because they yeah. wanted to be as accurate as possible um and the woman apparently was not happy with something so she threatened to like curse them and curse the director and everything so I'm like I wouldn't be surprised if that had something to do with it too but also like overreaction (laughs) but also like what like girl don't don't pull a Maria and curse all the generations (laughs) to come come on now oh my gosh so let's get into our rewatch let's do it when was the last time you saw this and when was the first time you saw this? First time was in college. Mm. I didn't see it till college. I didn't even know about it until college, which is like really surprising. But right. I was doing like some Halloween binge, which I still do now every year. But yeah. I started it in college where I'd like watch whatever like vampire show or creepy werewolf show i'm talking about teen wolf and the vampire diaries and true blood (laughs) and all that so she's like some vampire show aka she means the vampire show one of them gets a fall rewatch and yeah i was like i want to pair that into the shadows yeah oh into the shadows is on the list (laughs) is it that is that what it's called or is it um it's like it's the one with 
Taika Waititi. He's the one that he directed. Is that Into the Shadows? Yeah, you got it. Or it's what we do yeah. in the Sorry, it's what, what we do in the we shadows. Do in what the we shadows. do in the shadows. Yeah. That show's hilarious. It's so good. Um yeah, so like I will just do a creepy or, you know, funny creepy show rewatch yeah. and um, you know, and then I started including like movies that I'll rewatch around this time. So, right. I haven't done Practical Magic in probably a couple of years though. So, probably like 2020 maybe. Yeah. What um about you? I probably the first time I saw this was probably like five years ago um and the last time I saw this was actually around this time I think maybe two years ago me and my sister when we were at the beach um around this time we were like we want to watch something spooky so we we decided to put this on because she hadn't seen it oh love yeah so what was it like for us to rewatch this because we didn't grow up on this like it's impossible for us to have a nostalgic connection to it. But obviously, I mean, I don't know about you, but I love Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. So I was like, and Stalker Channing. (laughs) Yeah. I was like literally seeing these two women, first of all, portray sisters, which like, come on now. They look nothing alike. (laughs) What on earth? And they're trying to tell us they had the same parents. Come on. I don't know, but I just loved them both. I thought they did such a good job in this movie. I thought yeah. it was so fun to see them like early in their careers too. Totally. And even though I don't have like a childhood nostalgia, like I said earlier, yeah. the music and the costumes and the atmosphere and the way that it's filmed feel yeah. nostalgic. Like they make you feel like you're in that time period and they make you long for like the Halloween of your youth. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of hard to put into words, but I think we've had a couple of movies now where we're like, you know, we didn't watch this as kids, but just the atmosphere that the movie created feels nostalgic and feels homey and comforting to watch. Yeah. And I think part of the reason why it like works for the movie is because they're witches, yes, but it doesn't go over the top and it's not like oh I ride a broom everywhere here's my pointed hat like no it's like them doing magic to cure a headache or like to cure a rash you know like or subtle it's very subtle magic like how who is it like Sandra Bullock's character is standing in the yard and she can sense that her sister's about to call and runs inside and answers the phone and when she gets inside her answer like it's gonna be Jillian and she's like I know and it's it's just like little things like that where you know mm-hmm. you you know who's gonna call before they call and you know who's gonna like pull in the driveway before they pull in the driveway yeah. and or she knows Jillian's in trouble yeah. like the moment she's in trouble exactly and so there's like little things or like putting the belladonna you know their herbs and in the mm-hmm. drink or what have you so it's it's just like little things that are just so not over the top that I really appreciate and that yeah, or they just lend itself to like you could believe that maybe they're witches like you really could yeah. just watching it like it's not, you know, cheesy like pew pew zapping you with my fingers <laughs> like none of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that like the little girls. I mean, I don't like that they get bullied, but like the little girls get bullied and they're like one of them points a finger and he's like, I hope you get chicken pox. And he <laughs> ends up getting chicken pox. And I'm like, Good. that's something that like would happen in everyday life if there were witches and they were trying to hide it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it was very it was very practical Um, (laughs) but yeah so one of the things that I I guess had a problem with in this movie was Maria first of all like why did you curse your 
family. <laughs> like, so why? Rude. It's so stupid. Like, and first of all, I was like, I didn't understand why she was waiting for her lover to come find her when literally the people tried to hang her. So, like, wouldn't he have stepped in before that? Like, before she yeah, was banished? Girl, either he's a coward or he's a jerk. Like, like or he's dead. Who knows? Yeah. Like, I don't understand why she was like... Oh, my heart's broken. So let me curse every single descendant I have right. from now till the end of time. Like, girl, build a bridge and get over it. Use magic <laughs> to build a bridge. I loved the aunts. I thought they, they were, were incredible. so fun. Just seeing Stalker Channing in a role yeah. that wasn't Grease was yeah. everything to me. Yeah. And I love how extra she was with her little parasol, just like strolling on the town. Truly incredible. But I did think that it was so messed up that they tried to step in and like put the spell on um, Sally's husband and like make them fall in love and everything. Because it was like she was so in love and she had no idea. I felt so bad for her. It's like I understand their intention behind it. Like they, Mm -hmm. they see that she's lonely. They see that she's sad and that she feels isolated and wants a normal life so badly and they're like trying to do it for good reasons but you know what they say about the road to hell so you know paved with good intentions but yeah at the end of the day say yeah the road to hell is paved with good intentions and okay I didn't know which quote you were talking about for a second it went right over my head I was like oh my gosh but yeah so it's like they had great intentions with it but I almost wonder if like they hadn't stepped in and, you know, she never got married and, you know, God forbid she never had her daughters. Mm-hmm. Would she still have met the police officer at some point? Right. Like, would she still have found him eventually? I'm sure she had to have, right? Right. she and- wrote the letter and sent it off and he was sitting backwards on a horse. Just Right. And he wished for <laughs> her too. And so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like... I don't. I wonder how different her story would have been if she never went through any of that and then met him later. You know. Yeah. But yeah. I like her daughters, so like I'm happy she has them. <laughs> I know. I honestly, I was so sad during the part where she heard the beetle chirping and she was like ripping up the floorboards and stuff. I was like, oh, why is Sandra Bullock such a good actress? She literally broke my heart. Yeah. Oh, she's even this movie like where even when she's being silly like man I'm crying with you like dang yeah seriously (laughs) and then of course like everything happens with Jillian's boyfriend who's absolute garbage and like ex-boyfriends are a nightmare in general but this takes it to another level um so basically they end up like killing her ex-boyfriend because he like is very abusive towards Jillian and so they kill him and there's one part when he's still alive and like they're he's in the backseat of the car and he's trying to literally like brand Jillian with his ring yeah and and Sally like starts hitting him she's like will you knock it off like she literally (laughs) just like snaps and that part I don't know what it was like that part made me laugh because I was like this guy's trying to like be in charge and she's just like will you shut up just shut up (laughs) like literally like slapping him like just shut up let me try (laughs) I don't know what I would do in that situation either like I might react very similarly like will you two cut it out like Like, literally (laughs) he was in the back seat like calm down calm down like telling her to calm down yeah when you oh, get the serial gosh. killer telling you to calm down. Yes. <laughs> and also, I'm like, I would have used my magic so fast. If so I was fast. Sally. Immediately. Like, like, that was one thing that bothered me. Like, clearly, 
Jillian was in danger and like he was in the back seat. I was like, you could have done something with your magic, like in the rearview mirror. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like they did a good job at like not going over the top with the witch um, folklore, like the witch, um, what's it called? Like stereotypes. Right. But I also feel like they could have done a little bit more magic. Yeah, I agree with you. But I think it also speaks to the fact that like she had repressed it so much that Mm -hmm. her first instinct was no longer I'm going to do magic about it. It was I am going to scream and I am also going to use my (laughs) fists and or a frying pan about it. (laughs) I didn't even think about it like that. You're so right. That makes so much sense now that she would like because she did spend so long trying to like fight that part of her. And Jillian like wasn't good at magic. Did her husband even know that she yeah. was a witch? Like, And that was the thing that bothered me about Gary. Like, Because at the end, he was like, you know, a curse really only has power if you believe in it. And I was like, but did her husband even know about the curse? Right. Or like, did she not believe in the curse? Because yeah. like she got older and was like, oh, it's all been fine. It's all good. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I... I feel like that's like something you discuss on a first date. <laughs> like, right. Hey, by the so way, my family's cursed. <laughs> we could get married, but just know that um, if you fall in love with me, we will be deliriously happy for a number of years and then you will die <laughs> tragically at an impromptu moment. <laughs> Passes note. Check yes or no. Check yes or <laughs> no. Like to go on a date. <laughs> So another date. date. See you soon. (laughs) Yes. I could just imagine her during like speed dating. Like first guy. Just so you know, my family is cursed. And if you ever want to be with me, and then time's up. Next guy. At some point she just just needs it on a t-shirt. So that way they can just read it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I loved the connection that Jillian and Sally had. I thought that they were so good together. Um, I thought it was hilarious how Gary is like investigating the murder or whatever or the missing persons case and first of all like you think it's because he thinks that they murdered her um him which like obviously they did but then he all of a sudden comes out and he's like by the way there are these missing women that have this brand and we think that jimmy might be the one who murdered them and so like it kind of flips a little bit and you're like oh okay like that makes sense now but the part that cracked me up was when he was outside and he was like, hey, do you know where your sister is? Is she inside or whatever? And she and Sally's like, how did you know she was my sister? I was like, he just said he's an investigator. It's not that hard to connect the dots when y'all have the same last name. I mean, they look nothing alike, but come on. He's got to be a, le- a little decent at his job, right? Like yeah. he's here. He's probably he probably before he even got there looked up all their faces, looked yeah. up all their names, and then also he read the letter. So like he yeah. knows exactly what's going on. <laughs> yeah. He read the letter, he was like, This girl's crazy. Then he saw her picture and he was like, Ooh. Same. Never man. <laughs> Same. Me looking at Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman in this movie. I was like Seriously. They are so beautiful. Stunning. Like just gorgeous stalker channing is gorgeous in this mm-hmm. like ugh, it's just like the natural 90s like they didn't do a lot to yeah. make them look really beautiful whereas i feel like today like everybody looks like picture perfect ideal yeah. makeup like perfectly styled Everyone looks the same Half of the movie, like, yeah. at different parts, Sandra Bullock has blood on her face. She has dirt on yeah. her face. Her hair's a mess. She looks wild, but yeah. she's so gorgeous. And it's like, dang, can we go back to just, like, 
people just look nice when they're just like plain faced and hair is a mess. Like, yeah. can we go back to that standard of beauty, please? I speak 100%. as someone whose face is bare and their hair is a mess right now. <laughs> <laughs> but also, if you love makeup, guys, and a full beat, do you, boo boo? Do you. you? I just miss when movies didn't make that a requirement to be a leading yeah. lady. <laughs> Steph's like, <laughs> that's so true. Steph's like, I ha- she has her hair a mess and no makeup on. Meanwhile, I'm like, full beat, baby. <laughs> Listen, I love a full beat. I can get down we with a full, a full beat. beat. I love all of my makeup palettes. <laughs> yes. But I just wish that the societal standard was not that, that you had to look 100% perfect with like filler in your so face. So true. So true. My gosh. I was about to say, don't come for my makeup palettes. They are the Sally to my Jillian. Oh, um, I love my makeup palettes. I'm like looking <laughs> at all the ones I'm going to get for a Labor Day sale. <laughs> yes. I'm like, they complete me. Um, but yes. So I really liked the twists in this movie. I like how it kind of starts off like sweet and innocent. And it's like this kiss, this kiss. But then becomes like this murder exorcism movie where like they're fighting unholy demons in the house and i'm just yeah. like dang like this got dark fast it got so dark it like turned to like he's an abusive boyfriend yeah. the sister has substance abuse issues she's been partying too much like mm-hmm. he's a serial killer like yeah fully Sally off literally the rails. had to like protect her sister i like I was like, this is crazy. This they is kill nuts. a guy. They bury his body. They kill him twice. Yeah. Bury his body. Like, yeah. it's, it gets dark and it gets intense. Yeah. It gets intense very, very fast. And um, I kind of love it. I love it. Because <laughs> this movie also, like, manages to balance the intensity with fun scenes, with yeah. some levity. At the end of it, you, you feel like it's a very feel-good movie. Like, even though yeah. there's obviously dark parts and you know, heavier themes in it. It's yeah. such a feel good movie. It's such like a heartwarming thing that you can absolutely keep rewatching. Right. And I do love like one thing that I love that they did with this movie is all the little freaky stuff that yeah. happens. So like all of the like even just the beetle in the beginning or like yeah. the aunts singing the song that Jimmy was singing while they're all drinking the tequila or like the tequila popping up on the doorstep the little girl seeing the roses out front like it just everything like that it was really cool to see and I actually really like how it was like it was like haunting it was kind of cool and I was like yeah I'm like I'm not usually into like paranormal movies at all but the way that they did it was super mysterious and a lot of fun to watch yeah it was spooky in ways that are like really subtle but they like heighten the atmosphere right like yeah they're singing the song the the danger they have the tequila bottle the broom falls like there's just all these creepy little things that like make you go like what is happening what's going on yeah yeah and I love that the aunts were like nope they were like you guys can fix this you made this mess you clean it up I'm like they're not going to take the girls like they're not going to nope. take the children with them. They're just nope. going to dip. They're like, bye, um, we're old. They're just like, good luck. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else noticed, but their outfits are from like the early 1900s. So, yeah. you know, those women are old, like they are yeah. probably a century old. Yeah. I just loved I loved that they were on their way out and they were like, hope to see you at Christmas. To the yeah, like, they're like, we've lived through crazier ish. Like, we'll see you later. <laughs> and then at the end, when like um, when Jimmy is inhabiting Jillian's body and Sally like punches him, 
they come in and they're like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh dear. Um, I was like, dang, y'all have the worst timing. Like you should have just stayed the whole time. We all knew you were going to help. I just want to say the one lady, I don't even know what her name is. The one lady with the pigtails is such a vibe. Such a vibe. She was my favorite character easily behind the main characters. Like the fact that she was like, Gary was walking around like trying to interview everyone. And he was like, what do you think of them? Are they magic? Blah, 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 blah. And do you think they killed um, Jimmy? And she was like, no, we don't think they killed him. We're just, we just think maybe he shook their hands and then he died. (laughs) (laughs) And at the end, she's like, do we think we can do this to my ex-husband? I was like, she's amazing and I love her. Oh my gosh. I think. Sandra Bullock's character is my favorite character, but yeah. I think in terms of second is the girl with the blonde hair who works at her store, yes. who was like such a ride or die and such a good she was friend. giving Dusk vibes, yeah, from the yeah, yeah, from, from the Scooby Doo, yeah. I just uh, loved her. I thought she was so funny and so cute. Yeah, and I love when they all show up at the end because the yeah. whole time, the whole time the Owens family is like ostracized by all of society and then at the end they need to call together a coven to basically get the evil spirit out of Jillian and all of the people that were judging them and that like were hating on them this whole time showed up and like became a coven and actually helped them um which I thought was really sweet but the one part that had me cracking up too was that they were all gabbing in the kitchen yeah there's a literal spirit inside Jillian like this woman is fighting for her life and they're all just like you know you can throw some basil in there and make it really scrumptious and I'm just like can we get on with it I love how it shows how quickly like people are willing to judge when secretly they want to be part of it like yes. they all were like talking so much crap and be like oh she's so weird oh but you can tell like that was just like the overarching like peer pressure of it yeah the second they all got in that house it was oh well you know I had a psychic experience and you know yes. I've had this and maybe we're all a little witchy and like you guys the second you were allowed to let your freak flag fly you fully took every liberty with it like yeah they were out like you said they're out there being like oh maybe we can use this and then one of the girls was like oh look at the broom that I brought you know like or this thing like they were so excited to be part of it and I feel like that's like a greater commentary on society how people Mm -hmm. will look at someone who's like a little different and be like oh it's the normal thing to like side eye and is always everybody else side eye and okay I'll side eye too but the second that you're with somebody who lets you be weird and you know have an interest and be curious suddenly you can be a weirdo too and it's like totally fine and I just feel like human beings are just a lot weirder than they're willing to yeah. admit like everybody is so much weirder than they like want other people to know and the second they have the opportunity to be that weird it just all comes out and it's like you can yes. actually be you can have so much fun and be so weird and so cool and like be normal's vastly overrated in my opinion <laughs> all right Agatha Cromwell um (laughs) yeah that's so true um honestly there are some times at work where I say something and I'm like did I let my freak out a little too much like did I was that crossing the line I think that all the time when I'm like haha I said this thing and then like no one laughs and I'm like oh this is not a safe space (laughs) (laughs) you're like this is impractical magic um abort mission yeah but like literally the main girl 
that was like judging them the whole time. She was like, I, you know, I've always wanted to be inside this house. And if I was Sally, I would have been like, why are you so obsessed with me? Like literally <laughs> leave me alone. Why are you all up on me? But anyways, so one of the things that they never explained was what the liquid on the stove was. And I need that recipe because I need to know <laughs> for research purposes. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, literally the only other thing that I have to say about this movie is that um, I thought it was cute that Gary was like, I wished for you too. And I was like, oh, you're a warlock? Like, Ooh. that's so cute. What when he guy. said, I wished for you too, and she started crying, I, I lose it every time. Yes. <laughs> I like, lose it. He's highly unprofessional, but you know what? What a sweetheart. I'm sorry. I just love their love story so much. And I think that they have incredible chemistry together. And I love that the girls were all in too. Yeah. Like especially and he was so nice to them. After losing their dad. Yeah. I was like, after losing their dad, like typically it would be like time to shut down and like not involve someone else in your family. But they were like, he flips pancakes. Let's get him. Like, like girl, same. That's my criteria too. It was so cute. It was just. It was cute. I like how they slowly introduced all the little aspects that she wished for, but they yeah. did them like one at a time. Like it wasn't yeah. like he did everything at the same time and she's like, oh my God, you're the guy. It's like slowly but surely you see that he can flip pancakes. You see that he has yeah. a star badge on him. He's got two different colored eyes. Right. You know, it's it's just like, and then we obviously see him as a kid riding a horse backwards. <laughs> it's like- all yes. these like crazy little With his things. My Little Pony star written yeah. and obviously, on the butt. Of the he's horse. nice the whole time. Like he's obviously a nice guy the whole movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of funny how they like drop in little things about how he's the true love that she wished for. And yeah. it's I don't know. It was just really cute and clever how they did that. Yeah. I just thought it was hilarious how he was like trying to be all business and he like put his tape recorder on and he was like <laughs> um he was like so tell me what you know about Jimmy or whatever. And, then and they she's make out. just like, <laughs> she literally is just like, how many times did you read my letter? And I'm like, he got nothing of substance. Like he's telling her to lawyer up asshole. And I'm like, there's no way. Like she's getting off clean. Yeah. If I was on the jury would never convict. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like a T the T is scolding with yeah. this one. Other than that, like I would say this probably isn't the most family friendly movie, but um, like definitely not for young kids. It's a little scary, especially the part where like Jimmy comes out of Jillian's body and he's like a ghost and he's all gross looking. Um, and his hand gets burned with the star. But other than that, I mean, I I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like middle schoolers and up can probably watch this if you're like willing to have a conversation about like what domestic violence means and yeah. you know what some of the darker themes mean, but. Yeah, I think like preteens and up could probably watch this no problem. You know, like yeah. it's it, the themes are not that scary and dark once you're hitting like middle school and you've seen shit. So, <laughs> so you know. Oh my gosh, Steph's like once you get your period, it's yeah, only nothing scares from you from that point. You've seen enough blood in your life. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're practically Carrie at that point. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry to all our male listeners out there. Also, not You'll sorry. You'll get over We have it. to deal with this every month, okay? It's an ongoing battle. Venmo us so we can pay for pads and tampons. Anyways, so 
Um, other than that, I don't think there's anything else that I would change about this movie. I thought that it was pretty solid. The only thing that I would have liked to have seen more of is like more of the practical magic that was in the title of the film. Like I kind of wish maybe like one of the little girls came home and she had like a rash or like I, it seems like they kind of skipped over the intro pretty fast. Like just the narration and everything was really quick. And they were like, oh, the dad died because of the curse, but the mom died because of a broken heart we got more important stuff to talk about we got more important stuff to show (laughs) (laughs) they're like yeah 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 but get to the x so yeah i i kind of wish that they had taken their time a little bit with that um but other than that i'm good i thought this was pretty solid i liked it a lot cool ready to get into our critic ratings of course all right practical magic received a 6.3 out of 10 on imdb a horribly bad 23% critic rating what? on Rotten Tomatoes, an insanely better 73% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and two out of five stars on Common Sense Media, though that doesn't surprise wow. me because that rates it on a scale of what children can watch. So. Yeah. A 23%? Critics have no taste. We've discussed wow. this. Wow. Wowie, wow, wow. Um, so for our ratings, we can rate practical magic on a scale from A plus to F minus. A plus meaning the scale is seriously perfect to start spooky season with. The plot is so unique and I will definitely be rewatching this. F minus meaning this film's horrible. It deserves every bit of that 23% critic rating and I will never be wasting my time with this movie again. Based on this rating scale, how would you rate practical magic? Oh, easy. This is an A plus for me. I watch Aww. this often and I even though I haven't watched it in a couple of years, this is absolutely a movie I turn to during spooky season and yeah. one that I happily rewatch on my own. So what about you? Oh, yeah, this movie is a lot of fun. Um, I would probably give this an A. I think it's like perfectly 90s cheesy, um, like just cheesy enough in regards to like the romance stuff. Um I love the magical elements. I love the mystery of it all. I love the murder aspect of it. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's yeah, it's a blast. Please do. It's just wonderful. And it, like you said at the beginning, it's awesome seeing Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman at the beginning of their careers, just like really getting into it and taking yeah. off and just the talent that they have. And they're so young and it's, I don't know, it's just yeah. fun to go back in time with them. And the fact that they looked identical to one another is just beyond me. <laughs> like, it's amazing that they're not actually sisters. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> oh I just keep God. thinking about how, like, my cats growing up were in the same litter and one was black and one was white. And they had, like, one had green eyes, one had blue eyes, and they had the same parents. And I'm just like, it can happen, right? Like, I'm just <laughs> trying to, like justify cats and these two characters you know what I'll let it slide (laughs) I'll let them have it you know it gives me a good movie so I'll let them have their weird casting (laughs) willing to overlook it whatever yes absolutely (laughs) all right guys thanks for joining us if you don't already go give us a follow on social media we can be found on Instagram and TikTok at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood And we'll see you next week for a review of Coraline, a movie that I have never seen before. Oh my gosh. I'm pumped to hear your review I am terrified. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.